If my calculations are correct, we're about to see some serious shit. Welcome to the junk drawer. Oh, you just move your finger. Your head, you must feel pretty good about that. And they're like devising a plan. <laughs> his whole body's limp. Yeah. And he like gotta pick his head up. By the great Dr. Seuss. Not a real doctor. Not an actual doctor. Pediatrician. Right. No. Not also not. He's a practicing medical physician. <laughs> no. Oh. He first of all thinks that the hot blonde chick in the scene was. <laughs> Give her a ten yeah. for looks. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing um, a threesome. Nope, that's not right. No, him and his wife, I think are. They're calling it John Quick. He's gonna finish first. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. All right, ladies and gents, hello and welcome to the junk drawer. Uh, my name is Bryce Howell. I will be your auditory guide through our film this that, afternoon. That was an auditory guide. It's a listening guide. You kind of had the voice of, who's the guy who does this, this spoken radio on Parks and Rec? Oh, yeah. Thoughts for your thoughts. Welcome back to... <laughs> Something more rules? Welcome back to the junk drawer. <laughs> Batman. Anyway, I am joined this evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, by my regular co-hosts. Cole Brown. Mario Rico. Hated it at the same time. Cole Brown. Mario Rico. And for the second episode in our brand new studio... By the way, we, we've got some feedback on the new studio, and you all said it sounds much better. It uh, turns out that recording on whatever equipment we could steal that week was not the best strategy. It's so good now, we don't even need listeners. Yeah, we do it, we do it for us. I would keep them. <laughs> it's just weird that the previous version of this is that we would go to the Apple store and then use the iPhones they had on display. Oh, uh, sir, you have, to, you have to leave now. Sorry, this is a podcast. I know. <laughs> and the gas, because we would travel to new Apple stores every time because yeah. we didn't want to get... It got really expensive. There right. is a fourth voice. Anyway, yeah. Yes, we have our... Uh, returning guest, our first returning guest, is also our first ever guest. Back from the future. And our first guest in the new studio. Hello everyone, David Arico back. I'm a little conflicted because I love him. Okay, that's not conflicted, that's not what oh. conflicted means. Yeah, there's oftentimes you reference all these people you've talked to about a specific review and it's just Dave. Yes, this is my brother. That's, that's not true, I that's have why I love him. personality. That's yeah. why I love him. He's so you, you might recognize the uh, sensual sounds of Dave's voice from the Indiana Jones pod that we did a while back. Probably have skipped it. And uh, <laughs> this week Dave has joined us and he has selected us to talk about Back to the Future, which you might have recognized from his opening, where he was Doc Brown. Doc, uh, sorry, Doc. Doc <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> Back to the Future was released in 1985, starring Michael J. Fox, and it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Um, so, like we always do, we're going to get right into the nitty-gritty of it, and we are going to give our rating for this movie on a scale from 0 to 100, with 50 being an average score. So, uh, Dave, why don't you start us off, bud? Yeah, so there was only one film in history that could ever be a 100, and that's Pokemon, the first movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> when those tears bring them back? I know. Oh, it's, gosh. But it's, it's based on facts, which yeah. is why it's 100%. Um, no, I, watching it again last night was just, I think I was laughing and joking the whole time and just smiling nonstop. Um, and... Do I just give my do I give my number score right now at the gym? Yeah, go ahead and give us a number. Yeah. So I love the number seven. Okay. And I 
this movie deserves a 90. Okay. So I gave it a 97. Very, very I good. I thought you were going to say a 7. <laughs> no, Just because it likes the number yeah. 7? Yeah. Very, very the fuck out of here. 97, that's very high. So, Dave, what made you pick uh, Back to the Future? Um, so I was just going through all the films in my head, and I've got a bunch of that I always go back to, and I just wanted to pick, I don't know, there's, there's something about, like, and I, it's similar to Indiana Jones. I know that we wa- we did the, four, the fourth one, mm-hmm. um, but the first three, and specifically the first two, are, like, two of my favorite movies of all time, and just, this has, like, that same feeling to me. It's like, whenever it comes on, the music... Just makes me feel super happy. Nostalgic. Feels real good inside, and I get warm. <laughs> Down in your plums. Down in my plum, I can feel it. Gross. Talk to mom. I mean, I also kind of convinced you to do this. Over you also talked me into it. Over Transformers. But we will once day go to that. We had Country John Optimus Michael. Prime. Is that Opt- Optimus? <laughs> That's Sam Elliott yeah. voicing Optimus Prime. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't do another Michael Bay. Let's roll out, Pilgrim. <laughs> Mario, what did roll you give us your rating five. for? Back to the Future. Oh, uh, I love it. It's so great. I love the verse seven. So, uh, that was Dave. That was um, you. <laughs> I also love this movie. I love the uh, campiness of it. I love the nostalgia factor. The rewatchability is super high. Like, everyone of all shapes, sizes, and colors, and age groups can love this movie. Uh, it's just a good movie. I give it a 90. It's really, really good. Hmm. All right. Cool. Uh, I also enjoy this movie. I think there are parts of it that, um, here's how I'll put it. Like, I think it could be accomplished better today, just given the current abilities of technology. But I don't want to see it. If like, Let's say if it came out today with no prior version of it, we would probably love it. But yeah. I would not want a remake of it by any means. Um, so I think there's times where like the technology is limiting uh, back in 1985. Um, I mean, I think in, in some ways they did a lot of very, like, cutting-edge things um, for this movie. But when you rewatch it in 2020, you can definitely feel a little bit of times like, man, that kind of, that looks a little strange there, especially the flying car at the end. Uh, it's, it's a rough exit. Um, but, hey, maybe in 1985, that, like, people were, you know, blown away. And that's the away. only time you really feel like the special effects are weird, is yeah. the very last shot. Yeah, yeah I agree. They definitely feel weird there. And then, I mean, before, I mean, I know I'm getting away from giving my number already, but... Even also, like, even with just the, yeah, the car, at times it just looks like the car just had things glued on it. Like, that's just it. Like, it, you know, they took a model and they just added a bunch of extra tubes. I assume they were actually glued on You're, in the story. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Brown's insane. Yep. He's low budget. Uh, but I'll give, it, I'll give it my number. Um, I'm going to give it an 80. I think it's, a, it's well above average. Also, same as Daredevil. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this, these, these are of equal importance to me in my oh, heart. God. Um, equally quality films. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it does good. Uh, there's a few things that I don't think hold up as well uh, in 2020 in terms as of like... As good. Uh, no. As betterly. Uh, as betterly, correct. Sorry about that. Um, but, you know, that was just the, the writing at the time that maybe doesn't age as well in 2020. Yeah. Can, I, can I get on that before you... Sure, go ahead. I actually like that it was made in the 80s. I think the 80s works for it. You know what I mean? It's like a the, weird thing to say, but yeah. Right. I, no, I like, what I just, like about this is the 80s was made. <laughs> it was just what like, I was feeling. I like that it's, they didn't have the technology to achieve it all. I just, I don't know, it makes it more special to me. I think what you're saying, and if it I is like... like the original Star Wars trilogy. I agree know? with you, is that when it's made before VFX got crazy, yeah. is it forced you to do things in a certain way, <laughs> practically, that actually adds to the movie. Like Star Wars, for example... 
Um, and then once VFX goes nuts in like late 90s, early 2000s, it, it, it decreases the quality of a lot of those movies because it looks bad. Well, I think yeah. that's, that, that's that movie magic that you hear. To me, it's like that's why I chose the movie. And I think that's why, and Mario and I were talking about this, and it's why I actually steered away from Transformers, which I, I promise I will be on the show doing that one day. Um, yeah. The magic of it is just... Like you said, Bryce, the special effects aren't there yet, so you got to be creative with it, and it just it just feels film back then felt different. And I was looking at the nineteen just the films that Industrial Light Magic did, mm-hmm. and they're all movies that when I watch, I can't help but yeah, the, the the dialogue might not be great, some of the scenes might not hold up, but it's just I feel great when they're in there. Yeah, I just I, I think my comparison point is a look at A New Hope that comes out seven years prior looks way better on a smaller budget. Oh, you think so? Yes. See, I didn't. Uh, see, I feel like this. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll okay. Get into it. I think that's fair. I, I honestly, I think I might have thought they were about the same. When I, yeah, when I you're back right. and I thought it was made in 1985. I was thinking it looked pretty comparable to like Raiders and all those, which came out just a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, that was sci-fi. Wait, this had a smaller budget, or um, this had a bigger budget. Yeah, than much larger. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah Spielberg's attached to it. Spielberg. 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 Who? Um. For me, uh, I didn't really mind any of the FX stuff as much. As I was watching it, my big thought was that, like, wow, if you have a, a plot and it's well told, it doesn't matter how, like, batshit crazy the plot actually is. Yeah. It'll, it'll hold together. Like, you don't pay attention, or at least the first time you watch it, you don't pay attention to the things that are absolutely insane about this movie because it is so compelling and it's driving you forward and you really care about what's going to happen next. And we'll, we'll talk about all the insanity, but it is an insane movie, yeah. weird movie, that became the highest gro- grossing movie of 1985, despite the fact that it is bizarre. So my, my rating was an 83. 83. Okay. So I really liked it, uh, but it is, on a rewatch, it is a weird movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how popular it was until I watched season three of Stranger Things. It's affected so much by mm-hmm. culture. And they went I mean, to see it. And it was like a packed house. I didn't realize how, like, oh, know. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, yeah. Michael J. Fox was a bona fide star already when this movie bona came fide? out. Bonafide? Don't say that. Bonafide. He oh. was bonded. Bondified. It's bonded. And for he you number people older. out there, he was almost James Bond, right? He was. Uh, but for you numbers people out there, uh, it says on IMDb that Back to the Future had a $19 million budget, uh, but A New Hope had an $11 million budget. Wow. So, and adjusted for inflation, that's they're equal. Yeah, that's 100 billion million yes, at think, that point. Exactly. So uh, the actual Metacritic score is an 87. Huh. So I think that's you, Mario. Did you say 90? I said 90. There you go. Mario's close to 2020. For more reference, speech. The Rotten Tomatoes score is at 96%. So that's. Pretty, pretty strong. Close to me. Cole wants a speech. So when there's a cow and it has a calf, we shouldn't eat its milk. We shouldn't take its milk. Joaquin Phoenix shower right there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, Tough hit on Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Weird speech. <laughs> weird. 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 Um. So what do you guys think? Hearing that that the Metacritic average was an 87. Are you sure of your rating? Do you think your rating was good? Too high? Too low? What do you think? Uh, I actually thought mine was a little low. Like when we talk about. Where could I make up those 10 points? I don't know. I think it's just out of likability. Like, this is like maybe the most 80s movie ever, which I love about it. And so I'm pretty content with my score. I think Metacritic could be a little higher, actually. Yeah. 
I think perhaps mine is a little too low. Um, this movie maybe just doesn't hold up as well, like the more you examine it under a microscope. And I don't know that that's like necessarily fair to the movie that's been out for this long, right? Like, okay, of course you can begin to like really dial in and nitpick on specific parts of it at this point. Do you think like 20 years from now, we're going to do that with current movies? Absolutely. You think yeah. so? Yeah. We'll just use you? flying cars practically instead of... Well, and then some movies have like a you know timeless effects. So I think like Jurassic Park is kind of in that range of like the Godfather. The effect. Well, the Godfather doesn't really <laughs> use any effects. But like movies fun. that use effects that like just hold up no matter what. And uh, I think Jurassic Park is a good example of that. Godfather Part Two. No. Part Three. <laughs> I, I think you understand. What oh, the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Irish, but I think the Irishman as well will be like oh, that looks weird. Um, yeah, I mean, as I'm perusing the different review websites, though, it's difficult to find a negative review of Back to the Future. Yeah, um, that's mo- true. Most people give it three out of four, three and a half out of four. That's what Roger e- Roger Ebert gave it, three and a half out of four stars. It, it's wow. just a good movie. Like, How quickly does it drop down for two and three? Oh, I think it drops down. It drops down a, a, a lot for... For Great, two and three. The, the reviews of two and three are, are much lower than the reviews really? for the first See, I, I remember watching this, I'm thinking to myself... It's too better. It's too better. And I want to rewatch it again. And it's like, sometimes I mix them up. Yeah, I think two, to me, gives a... Well, this one feels more impactful dilemma in terms of the time travel in that he's going to potentially disappear, not exist. Right. But I think two is the one that handles all the betting stuff. Is that right? Where yes. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, like that's yeah. like a and cheated. You said yeah. like betting, like betting his mother. That's the first betting <laughs> <laughs> with the two betting. T's in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> dangerous. Um, but no, I think in two, like it makes a little more sense of like, oh, that's probably what I would do with time travel is yeah. go make a yeah. ton of money. And I think it's like that fun spot as a kid, like you know, that had the hoverboards and the three D stuff. Yeah. So I know we're getting away from the Cubs winning World Series. That would never happen. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Got it. <laughs> so. Um, we said this is overall a very good movie, um, but if there was one thing you were going to change to fix it, what would it be? A little tougher question this week. I think a kiss with his mom. There was a kiss. You'd get rid of one or you'd add more? I'd add it. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. No ice. No, I I think, (laughs) in all seriousness, I, uh, so I'm just watching the movie and I know like, Fun, I know it's tiddly bits. They filmed the 50s stuff first because they wanted to like gut up and raunchify the town right. for the 80s. Um, but at times, I didn't feel that it felt 50s enough. And I definitely felt the high school was very 50s and the diner scene were like classic. And I, I don't know if that was the same diner that um, Mutt Jones was in. From, it feels from, that from way. Like, <laughs> it feels the same. Um, I just wanted more 50s of it. And at times, I just couldn't, it just didn't feel like that. And so... That's interesting because that's I, a fix. I was thinking one of my fixes that I was kind of thinking of was that I wanted it to be more eighties because yeah. it begins in the eighties and it ends in the eighties, which would have been the present when the movie was made. Yeah, so I don't think they meant to make it. 80s. Right, yeah. but for us, that is like the, yeah. the retro yeah. part as well now, and so it feels like we were talking about it before. Like it feels like a super eighties movie, but it isn't because the majority of the movie takes place in. And I wrote 50s. that down. I said I wanted to feel more eighties, but back then, how do you make something feel more present? Like, right. Right. Now. This needs to be more now. Right. Was it Donald Trump? We want more now, people. We're gonna have so much now. Nobody knows now like me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was him. That's him. Hey, do you think is Ray coming? Today? Nope. I don't oh, think Ray can. Ray no, I think he's still in the car. Mario, what's your efficient fix? Um, I had wrote down nothing. 
But, now that Dave was talking, he made me remember, I don't know if it's a critique or just a confusion, or maybe it was intentional by them, but do you guys think... I need your opinions. Okay, I don't you know just if I ask this. Do you think that it was meant to feel like a movie set? Like, was that the intent? Like, it's such a small town, but, it, but at times it's like, this is a movie set, they're making a movie, this is a movie. I don't, think, real. I don't think it's intentionally like this is supposed to feel like a movie set. It's supposed to feel like a very small town. It's a back lot of a Universal Studios tour. That's I mean, it, felt like. it very obviously is that to us. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's supposed to be like this is set in a movie. It's supposed to be like this is a really small town. For, yeah. You know, especially for the 50s part when that was more of a thing. By the time the 80s rolled around, small town was kind of dying. But I would, I guess my fix would be expanded. Make it feel more realistic, like you're actually... The I, town doesn't feel very real I can compare it to another 80s movie that I love, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and they travel in various locations in that movie. They could have easily done that in this movie. It just is a lot easier to film it where he's running. The, the diner is next to the school, which is right. next to Town Hall, which is next to... Everything's pretty close. The porn house. The porn house, which is what it is. Like, oh, there actually is one. Yeah. The, the movie theater has been converted into a pornography yeah. theater. Right. Cool. And the, so it's in the main town yeah. square. Oh, this is the 80s, not the 50s. The main town square, the marquee says American Orgy. Like that's just awesome. in the background for the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Like what a bold strategy to be the, to be the person who just walks into that building confidently. Because it's in the middle of the town. Everyone yeah. can see you. So oh, I'm, I'm going in there to get candy. Uh, cheap, cheap candy. A lawyer. The reason that's are great in there. There are very strict zoning laws when it comes to placement of a poor I movie theater. I hate so much about what movie. you choose to be. So that wouldn't be possible. Oh, well, now you know. And the more you know. I thought no, it was I, America. I thought it was free country. It's so free, oh, okay? God. We're going to be so free. Cole, what's your efficient fix? Um... I think I agree with Mario on, at times, it looking more very set-like. The only times it doesn't feel like that is when they get into the neighborhoods, I think. It actually, obviously, I hope they filmed on a neighborhood that looks like it's a real neighborhood. Yeah, it really does. Be impressive if they built that. Um, I think my one weird kind of criticism is maybe this was just, again, a sign of the times, but for Emmett Brown to have this aspiration to travel 25 years into the future, or was it 35 years? It's like 35. It's, 30, 30. it's under 50 years into the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's draw that line way further out because, I mean, you could just do any rate of economic advancement and assume that 25 years or 30 years in the future, we're not going to have flying cars that run on trash and, you know. Apparently in 2016, we were supposed to. Right, exactly. Yeah. So. Again, like we know that now, obviously, because it's 2020. But, but also, if I was like, what do you now. think the world's going to be like in 2050? Oh, We'd be like, that's not a real year. Blue that doesn't mind. really exist. Yeah. So, like, for them, 30 years in the future, which was only 2015, like, seems like, oh yeah. man, like, that's not even a real year. Like, that doesn't even exist. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is borrowing from other information, but I've been hot on the podcast track these days. Ooh, it's hot. And I listened to one. I believe you're listening to other podcasts. Yeah, you're cheating on um, I was listening to one uh, that a friend of ours suggested uh, on the subject of finance uh, in the economy. Oh, sounds fun. And it's all about how we haven't seen as much growth in the last, like, 50 years yeah. as significant growth prior 50 years uh, and how maybe it looks like more like we're in another kind of long lull. Uh, so I say all that to say that, like, you know, to just imagine that 30 years is also going to be, again, he comes back with, like, mirror-reflective sunglasses and clear tie. Yeah, yeah, clear tie, you know, 
the classic 80s look at what the future is going to be. Yeah. Which we, now we look at it and just say, that's 80s gear. Did you think that the 80s time was like super, I mean, trashy? That city went to shit real quick. <laughs> I mean, there was graffiti and the whole school was like, there's no janitors. But like, that was what was happening to a lot of small towns in the 80s. Like, we mentioned Stranger Things. Stranger Things yeah. kind of does this as well, where like... Atlanta's come over and yeah, yeah. the <laughs> But like, small towns were kind of dying out in, in the 80s. Yeah. Um, so yeah. We uh, don't have a ton of critiques for this movie. Some small nitpicks, more more or less. Uh, Did you fix anything? Yeah, I talked about how I didn't feel like there was enough 80s. Oh, I wasn't, it, I wasn't listening. Yeah, I know. You're usually <laughs> not listening to us. You're just over there scrolling your phone while we're recording. No, That's fine. I was, I was on, you don't uh, even watch the movies. You don't listen to us on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we're, you know what? Uh, we're actually going to have Dave on currently. Listen, we're Bruce, welcome to, to the Dave We, we have the better Eric now. Listen, we're holding Bruce, on to him. I'm going to get Ray in here in a second if you don't stop. Please don't. Then we'll really kick that. you out. Um... What's the best scene, though? What's the best scene in Back to the Future? Dave? Ooh, I was really hoping I wouldn't go first. Cole? Yeah. Uh, I was also hoping that I would go first. Oh, Psych, okay. I'm going first. Okay, My go ahead, Dave. favorite scene is... There's two that I really like. And so I know it's like, what would you sell? And then I rewatched this one before I it's left. It's a classic Rico already, though, by the way. That. You don't talk about my family that way, I swear to God. Yeah. Name one. Okay, Where did I you get two? off, mister? Um, I think the, the scene I would show is... Can you show the last scene of a movie to yeah. sure. sell to somebody? Sure. The clock tower scene is just like science. Show that. It is energy. It is 80s. The music I makes you feel good. Right? I stood up and I felt good from the music. I smiled. And I would show that to someone who says all the elements. Or the chase. Which the, chase? The, the, the skateboard chase. That's a good With, one. I mean, yeah. it starts with that classic... Him. Classic Mutt Diner Punch, yeah. and then he runs out, gets that skateboard, and they they end it with a beautiful metaphor of shit hitting the hitting the car. Not a metaphor. Shit literally hit yeah. the car. Oh, that's, the a, that's a fact, yeah. actually. You ever heard of shit hitting the fan? It hit the car. The car fan. <laughs> air conditioner blows it into you. That's why, they, that's why they didn't invent the air conditioner yet. It's where, yeah. it's where the pneumonia comes from, but with uh, poop. Uh, the climactic scene that you mentioned, though, I, I, like it's one of those things that I know it does a good job when I know what's going to happen. I've seen this movie before, and I'm still, like, intensely watching yeah. Doc Brown. And, I was, oh, I was worried. I was like, oh, my God. Like, are they going to get this? it? I'm like, I know how this ends. <laughs> but will they get it this time? <laughs> yeah. You know, he might not fucking hear Cole, what was your uh, best scene? I think my favorite scene is, I think just for setting the stage of what it would be like, I, I really just like the scene of him traveling back in time on accident by his you know viewpoint. Uh, and really feeling like for the longest time, is this just this dream? Um, and so I like that because you get a lot of tastes of the 50s where he like keeps kind of scratching his head like, okay, that could maybe still be true in the 80s. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Um, but then when he finally wakes up just in his old bed and he hears his mom's voice, and he's yeah. like, mom, I had the craziest dream. And it's, you know, it is his actual mom. But She's almost naked. Yeah. And she, uh, well, I said, yeah, as if I agreed with that. No, she's yeah. not almost naked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to watch out for Mario's side comments. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like that a lot because I think it paints an, another aspect of the traveling back in time that would be funny, just where everything is unfamiliar to you. Yeah. Wasn't there a movie, like, a sister in a traveling pants in time or something like that? They go back in time, they yeah. all have the same pants. But mm-hmm. No, that's not what the sister oh, in a traveling about. pants is about. Oh, okay. Uh, I would probably choose, my favorite scene is um, when he in- interacts with his dad. Oh, what's his dad's name? George. 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 Well, when George is, um, is a peeping Tom on his mom. I love that scene. <laughs> because that's you. That's what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, I know. 
I think my favorite scene is definitely the Mario's wearing his binoculars right now. Ending, <laughs> ending scene. Um, but I also love any like all this time travel lingo, like the science talk. I love that. Yeah. So when he's explaining the flux capacitor for the first time in the mall parking lot, it's like the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't particularly like. I think it drags a little bit with like the shootout with the terrace. Okay, that's yeah. the terrace is the weirdest we, thing they we added to We gotta talk me. about that in yeah. a section here. All right, let's talk about the terrace. Like, why not have like something random that kills him? Yeah, like the like a backfire from the car. Well, or it, something. It, it's kind of there to characterize Doc Brown, who is a wild card. Yeah, throughout this whole wild movie. card, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and so Charlie, he knows he needs plutonium, which. In the past and in the present, is not easy to come by. So Marty, I can't get on up. And I feel like that's very that's a very eighties MacGuffin. Like, oh yeah, plutonium. But it also works because the only way you would get it in the eighties was I mean it's not like you can go up to the FBI and be like I actually need like one case of plutonium for my time machine. Can I have one unit, please? Doc Brown actually references that in the fifties. It's not like in the eighties where you could get plutonium from the grocery store. It's probably on every vending machine in the mall. Yeah, it's not Doc Brown. This isn't the nuclear. Place, nice. <laughs> my favorite scene, all, all my favorite scenes, my favorite parts of this movie revolve around the diner in the fifties. Yeah. Um, but especially when Marty is convincing George to ask out Lorraine, his mom. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but they go to the diner, and like the diner just looks like the coolest place. Oh, down right. Like dude, everybody's there after the school. They're like smoking, which is bad, but. And they're also then it was okay. Yeah, in the fifties it didn't kill you. Um, they're also just like <laughs> dancing and sitting around, chilling, drinking milkshakes. George like goes up to the counter and goes, "I want a milk, chocolate," and he gets like <laughs> slid. So cool. like, man, I want to go there. Did you notice one thing about that scene? I was confused. He takes a chuck and he slams it. Mm-hmm. Almost no spillage. Well, that's he's, well, he's chugging quick. Yeah, he drank a lot of it. You ain't a bitch. You chug good milk. <laughs> Weird thing to say. Don't tell Joaquin. <laughs> So, (laughs) (laughs) I take my milk straight from the otter. So, we reached the point of the pod. We we beat around the bush a little bit. It's time. It's time for us to talk about the mom stuff. Oh, God. If you've never seen Back to the Future, which is a strange choice to listen to this pod, but there is a pretty significant chunk of the plot devoted to the main character, Marty McFly trying to seduce his mother, who is also well, his age because of time travel. Well, clarify. It's not like he wants to do it on purpose. Right. He, he's but trying he is not attempting to seduce, to seduce her. Apparently there's oh, yeah. no other option. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so it's 50% of the movie yeah. is Marty McFly trying to seduce his mother, Lorraine, to be McFly. I don't know yeah. what her, her maiden name was. Um, what do we do with this part of the movie, guys? I'll start. <laughs> so I think you mentioned this earlier, Bryce. One thing that's great about the movie is the story is great. It's such a cool. It's insane. Yeah, the well, story's insane. It's insane, but it's. I think it's great. I think it's that's such a cool, unique idea. Kind of like Weekend at Bernie's. No one would think of those ideas. <laughs> no one. Yeah, no one would think <laughs> no, of going but, back in time for the purpose of having sex with. Um, their mom, but it is strange. Same I game. thought my myself like, oh my god, I don't think I would be able to hold it together if that was Marty. And I went back in time with our mom. I'd probably be like, no, 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 I'm your son. Like, I'm your son. <laughs> and I look kind of like you. Absolutely. I'd break so soon. I'd just say, hey, I'm your son. You got to kiss this guy and make me. Or yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Or I would I would just get to the plot sooner. I would bully George, if I was Marty, and have him beat me up. 
and look heroic. Well, he, he gets to that. He's trying to get to that. Right. But no, also, yeah, I should just, I would just do it in front of her, in front of her. But right. Zemeckis does a great job. I mean, the whole time that sexual tension, like, first off, she is horny. Yes. Right. I mean, Which is they're yeah, doing it partially part- to make fun of the fact that the her mother, mom, as an adult, is very prudish. She and says, that's what they came up with the idea. Girls shouldn't call boys. Back in my day, girls never did this. Right. And then he goes to meet her, and it turns out that she was she was in a fact, corn doll. Extremely all, all thirsty. All you think about is corn dog. But they do a great job of making you feel this weird, like oh no, because it's super weird. It's so weird, but she's so sensual, and she's a yeah. babe. She's a She's babe. A she was a is, is beautiful. And he kind of knows it yeah. too. Right. Because right. oh, no. the first time mom, he wakes up, he goes, your mom, you're hot. Mom, yeah. mom, you're, yeah. you're whatever. He's skinny. He's, he's about yeah. to say you're he's hot. Like, skinny. Or he says like, she's skinny she, when he goes back. But he so does say the hot. It was hot. He almost says hot. He almost says hot. And I think it moved. It's like George Costanza. What if it moved? Yeah. You just got to go to the Star Wars route when it comes to incestual relationships. You do one kiss, and then you never talk about it again. Yeah, man. Yeah. And man. So you said like, He's not trying to, but it is his plan no, explicitly right. yeah, that forgot. he is going to pseudo sexually assault his mom and then have his dad come out and beat him up. He was gonna That's his her plan. Up. He was and he's like, I don't know if I can do that. Her up. And she's like, don't worry. And she, she then go, comes on to him and it's weird. And then unfortunately, Biff comes in and also super gross. Like, whoa. He's, oh, like, he's just going to take her. Yeah. Like, he's for sure sexually assaulting her. In the car, yeah. It out. They're not at the back of the school. They're in front of the front entrance to the school that everybody's at. It got dark, and he's like, "Boys, take them around back." Speaking <laughs> of boys, one of the guys is played by a famous actor. Who is it? Billy Zane. Billy Zane. What else is he in? Titanic. Oh, no, yes. Come on, you better listen to your friend Billy Zane. Yeah, he's so yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool um, how about the one guy? I don't think this is Billy Zane's character. He's got the 3D glasses on. Okay. Yeah. Is that a 50s thing? I I don't know. I I, was I, I wasn't alive in the 50s, but. Maybe it was my perception of what the 50s were like. I take. He actually was from the future, came back to the past, left the glasses on. Wait, are, but also isn't spec, is, is Sandlot the 50s? Uh, Ish? I think it's a little bit later. It's like the 60s. I guess. Oh, all right. Uh, I was going to say Specs kind of has those thick sunglasses. But no, this guy has literally like the paper like 3D glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You watched this one, right? Well, they had those books. Had of those course. Books. I'm sorry to mention yeah, one minor detail. Thinking. I didn't fast forward through it. Sorry, don't let it happen again, though. Yeah, yeah, No, but Bryce, It's right good having you on your last pod. It's great. <laughs> I'm going to get Ray in here in a second. Yeah. Also, less, less weird than the mom stuff, but still kind of weird is the movie never mentions the fact that, like, Marty and Doc Brown apparently just hang out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of strange, yeah. right? <laughs> Lindsay joined me in watching this one, and she joined a little bit into the movie starting, and when she saw them together, she goes, wait, how do they know each other? I was like, uh, he's just the old guy that he hangs out with. She's like, but do they... Like, what does they know from each before? And I was like, yeah, they just, uh, he's just the old guy. So that cartoon Rick and Morty. It's based on it. Yeah, but in that show. But at least in that, they're actually related. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is, okay, so they talk about how that scene in the beginning with the amp is what they said was going to allow audiences to suspend the disbelief of, oh, why is this kid hanging out with this old man? Oh, like he wanted to use him for his amp? And so it's kind of, it's, and I was reading it, they were like supposed to just unspoken, unwritten, Marty might have stumbled into this guy's office or his laboratory, found all this cool shit, uh, saw this giant-ass amp. Oh, I'm a kid. I like rock and roll. And, hey, you want to work here, kid? You want to play my guitar and amp for free? Work here. Boom. Exactly. Friendship. Future. Doc, you told me that clock is 20 minutes fast. Oh, golly whiz, I'm late for school. I don't get that part either. 
He thought it was 20 minutes fast. So the, 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 the clocks are 20 was, minutes slow. So it's 8, and it, it's actually 8.25. He uh, thinks it's 8. I guess school okay. starts at 8.15 or whatever. He's late for school. Yeah. So like I said, this is a great movie, and I love it very much. But if you think about the movie for too long, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Doc Browns. The oh. dinner table scene reminded me of the dinner table scene at Wedding Crashers. Yeah. He almost gets a handy from Mom. Yeah. Yeah. She is uh, feeling... She, also, her parents are great because she's like, he can stay in my room. And the parents right. are like, that's a good idea. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, wait. Well, she's like, he can stay in my room. Yeah, she's, she's not being subtle. So yeah, there's some weird stuff in this movie. The, the mom stuff, super weird. It's weird that it's such a big plot point in the movie. When we were talking about efficient fix at the beginning, like one of my efficient fixes was going to be like, remove the mom subplot. You but can't. It's, it's the movie. Like, yeah. Maybe the whole movie. So yeah, it's, it's a bit strange. Mama. Um, so let's, let's just pretend it didn't happen like the movie does and let's, uh, keep talking about something else. Uh, so we mentioned this movie is very retro for us because it is 2020. This movie's filmed in 1985, partially set in 1955. So I was going to just make it what's the most 80s part of this movie, but you know, a lot of the movies in the 50s too. So what was the most retro part of the movie? It could be your favorite little 80s thing or your favorite 50s thing that is, uh, in the movie. Um... Man, I think I don't know if it fits in this category, but they do a lot of things where, like, based off of him time traveling, it alludes to this, like, oh, he started this thing. Yeah. So for him to, like, invent skateboarding in some ways is, like, a kind of a laughable thing. But the one that is definitely aged less well is that he beat Chuck Berry to the punch. Um, And so it's like, are we really going to take that from Chuck Berry? We're going to rob him of that? And maybe it was just more of when they made the movie, they were, like, giving a... Tip of the hat to him making such great music. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Is it but Chuck Berry's voiceover? It's not him It's definitely singing. not Michael J. Fox singing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's obviously him lipping it. Right. Right, but then have, you know, his brother get on the phone. Hey, Chuck, th- th- you ever heard that or the sound you were looking for? You know, so. Yeah, it, it's weird to take uh, Johnny B. Good from Chuck Berry. That's a weird move. <laughs> that I found very 80s was that he finds these kids riding like, what are like essentially like, pirate ship kind of imaginary push carts or push cart things. Yeah. He breaks yeah, off the push cart top and he rides the skateboard to freedom. Uh, that was a very 80s moment for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mentioned this already, but everything about the diner set in the 50s yeah. is great for me. I like, love the diner. Gosh. Let's I wish... go to Metro Diner tomorrow. Okay. Sure. I honestly got super hungry thinking about it. Yeah. Well, they never eat there, though. I no, got super horny. Or orony. Or, or, or yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. I want to go for a place... That I can go and just grab a milkshake and it not like bankrupt my eating out budget for the week. McDonald's. No, for you. Ice cream and milkshakes and milk is so expensive. Like he he has like a handful of pocket change and he he like throws it down on the so counter. So you want to live in the fifties? <laughs> yeah. I just wish to stay there forever. I wish we got back to fifties prices. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, he would crumble. There's this joke in Pulp Fiction that does not hold up well at all, and the, they make the joke that. <laughs> There's a $5 milkshake, and he's like, man, if it's a $5 milkshake, it better be the best milkshake in the entire world. And it's Isn't like, that expensive for a milkshake nowadays? No, that's like standard milkshake prices. I don't do dairy, so oh, I wouldn't You're know. missing out on Do you know what I would do to my abs? You haven't had a car. I haven't had a car since 2003. <laughs> I haven't had a car since 2004. You want to touch this shit? I do. I'll have that up with keels in the shower. You want to hit me. I can tell by looking at you. You want to hit me. Hit me! Dave, what did you think was the, what's your favorite problem. retro part? I have the opposite of a problem. I don't know. I didn't, I don't think I could, 
I don't know if I could think of anything that's super retro that just sticks out to me. Um, this is actually the hardest set of your like outline for me to get with. I guess I, I don't think I can think of one. You just hate the eighties and the fifties. I just I I fucking love the eighties. So the fact that the eighties were so like back then, just like ugh, and the school was so run down and everything, that made me mad. So I wanted more eighties. In the fifties, I felt like I could said could be more fifties. I wrote down the diner. The diner was pretty great. Yeah, it is a little bit of, again, because the 80s was the present when this movie was filmed, it is a little bit of like, man, present day is not great compared to what it was like 30 years ago, yeah. which is kind of what we do now with the 80s. Yeah. Um, I actually thought, it. yeah, I don't think the 50s stuff was as strong as they thought it was, I don't know. I the whole movie? It was so character driven that maybe they didn't want to focus on the set pieces, like getting stuck in the fact that they're in the 50s, just go with it. It's just the get 50s. there. Um, I don't know. The diner, definitely. Yeah. Obviously, because I think that's when they spend the most time in. That's in the 50s. It, I don't know if they spend a ton of screen time there, but it feels like the movie revolves around that yeah. diner. Um, I will actually... Can I, you mind if I cut you off? Go ahead. I've already cut you off. Uh, I think another honorable mention for my most jealous 80s moment is his final Ford truck that he gets. Or, I, I think it's, it might actually might be a Toy, yeah, Toyota. Toyota. It's a sweet oh, truck. Yeah. That thing is... So sweet looking, so 80s looking. There's lots of 80s set pieces I'm jealous of. Like there's a guy who wears uh, like an 80s Mountain Dew hat. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at that hat. Um, so there's definitely items from the 80s in that movie that I'm like, I wish I had that today. I do have an 80s moment that I love. In the beginning of the movie, there's a lot of 80s stuff going on. When he, when it's just like following Cocaine. the, no, I mean you're following the, I don't know, the clocks and stuff. Mm -hmm. That. Burger King product placement is was so effective. Right there at the very beginning. I, if I didn't go to the gym before this podcast and try to be healthy, I planned all day on going to Burger King. There's one right near here. You should go. Right on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. Here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's something about that classic Burger King logo. Oh, mm. it just gets me in my plums. Look at you more. Horn Damp. The original retro Burger King rapper, or when she's first trying to seduce her son. <laughs> We're not gonna answer that question. We're just gonna pretend it never. That'll be for our Patreon. For our Patreon <laughs> subscribers, I just you can get our answer to that question. They can also get the Casino Royale episode. <laughs> episode. Yeah, I've heard that episode. It is. It, it is, is not good. It is not great. You wouldn't have been able to join. Dave, either. just being a supportive brother. Uh, yeah, I got it, guys. Yeah, it uh, so sounds good. I don't know. I tell y'all. Otherwise, it is pretty awesome. <laughs> I can think about one that I don't know if it's super re retro, but like Doc Brown calls the dance a rhythmic ceremonial ritual, and I just don't think the dance like in the '80s dances still existed, but like the dance like that, and I just don't think they exist anymore. You know. They don't because the type of music has changed is definitely yeah. part of it. But yeah. I think that's that's not showing 50s. That's just showing how weird Doc Brown is that he calls the dance a rhythmic ceremonial ritual. He, he calls that in the he calls that in the 50s. Yeah, when he gets yeah. there, he's like, "There's a ritual around." It's the ritual. Sea dance. It's uh, man, it? that dance is also very nostalgic though because you know obviously music's very different. And most uh, dances, high school dances now, are not going to have a live band. Way more right. hung. You're talking about the fish dance. Yeah. No, it's the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Oh, you walked into that one. Yeah. But they just you have like a, a sweet live band instead of a you yeah. know, DJ or whatever. And that, like that for sure doesn't exist For anymore. us, it was more like Alanis Morissette. Well, we had DJs when I was in high school. Yeah. yeah. We did it. When was Got that? With the dinosaurs? Mm -hmm. Get it? Your brother's older than I am. <laughs> it's true. I am. 
I am, I am. So, oh, please, let's watch that next. <laughs> I just watched it a little while ago. It's so good. Nacho. So, speaking of uh, 50s stuff, when Marty goes back in time, Doc Brown tells him, as soon as he meets up with him, you have to stay in my house the entire time. You can't go anywhere. You can't interact with anyone because it could change the future, which Marty then proceeds to not oh, do yeah, for the rest up, of the Doc. movie. He, which he's already screwed up, so he's already messed it up a little bit, but then he proceeds to go about and mess it up a lot more. So, uh, always when I watch this movie, I think of that quote, and I think, what other stuff does Marty do besides the stuff that the movie highlights that would have a huge yeah. effect on the future? So I have a couple of gripes sure. thinking about this. Go for it. Number one, I like that his parents were not happy and his dad was successful, but I had a struggle with it. Is it okay that he changed the way his parents were? I just I thought about that. Like, but I don't think he changed. It no, just he his father had a more climactic experience. Yeah, yeah, confident. it was a positive experience. But I'm like, am I okay with that? Because he did end up effectuating change. Well, it seems like he if effectuates a good change there no, because yeah. he gives his dad more confidence, which makes his mom happier. Yeah, because yeah. in the original present timeline, yeah, she's depressed. She's depressed because she married Shoddy a man booze. who. Sucks. And I'm, I'm saying, I don't know how I even feel about that change even happened like that. Like, okay. Okay, so that's number one. All right. Number two is, and this is just being super nitpicky, how do his parents not start to wonder as Marty gets older, holy shit, this guy <laughs> looks exactly like the guy we met at the dance who helped us. They had a huge impact on our lives. Huge impact. I literally wrote that. Well, how did they not remember the guy who had huge impacts on their lives? I want Lorraine, Lorraine's for sure not mentioning it on purpose because right. she's oh, like, oh shit, I tried to help my son. <laughs> yeah, those purple Kelvin Klein underwear. I want. I'm go I Google the pair. That has nothing to do right now with what we're talking about. Doesn't it though? No. But anyways, that's my like. I almost obsessed with this guy, just like you, Marty. <laughs> Lorraine's for sure not saying anything on purpose. She no. definitely recognizes him. And also, George just doesn't recognize him. The truck they buy him in the future is just hush money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> George thought that Darth Vader from Star Trek came to visit him. Yeah, George yeah. Darth Vader from yeah. Star Trek. Make sure you know that he's not from it. You, Let the no. listeners know. I know that. No, I know. the fucking movie. So one thing I struggle with, too, is I don't, I'm not sure... I'm okay with when he comes back, and yes, his parents' lives are improved. I'm not sure I'm okay with his dad now treating Biff the same way Biff treated his dad. I don't I'm with you that. on that. Yeah, yeah. The movie's very down with just shitting on Biff. Like I just, I mean, Biff's at least, a piece Biff, of shit, at least so. Biff had his own business, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he was a window detail. detail. No, he's he detailing. Detailing shop. I used to want to. It's expensive. For, for realsies, I used to tell my mom when I was a little kid. This there was a Delta Sonic car wash. Shout out to Transit Road, Buffalo, New York. Beautiful Delta Sonic, and I used to tell my mom I wanted to be the person who washed and wiped the windows once the car was done. They made like a dollar tip every car. They would make a bank, dude. I mean, people. I come wash you. Be hot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dry with your chest. Little halter top. Yeah. Yuck! It's worse than you playing. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, that's that's my butterfly effect. My butterfly effect. uh, I'll just borrow my same answer from earlier. I think for him to uh, have stolen. Johnny Be Good from Chuck Berry is uh, the most egregious butterfly effect thing that he should not have done. Mine's, it feels kind of small, but in the context of just this town where the whole movie is set in this small town, I, I think if he goes back in time and tells the future mayor that he's going to be mayor, yeah. I don't know that he eventually becomes mayor because of that. 
You know, yeah. he, he, is he, this... his name's Goldie. That's his nickname. I don't remember the character. Yeah. His Goldie. Right. And so at the time, when he goes back in time, he's just the janitor at, a, at the diner that we've talked about a lot. But he grows on to become the town's mayor, which is very cool. But then Marty just looks at him and goes, yeah, you're going to be mayor one day. <laughs> And Goldie's like, Goldie Wilson. Be, you know, yeah. they, they make a Wilson. subtle play at the racial tension of the 50s, talking about how... It's very I mean, subtle. They do it several times, though. It's, it's, in, it's in a way that I think is like... that they mention it. It would be dishonest to not mention it. Yeah. They always, exactly. I'm saying that they don't mention it enough. I feel like they beat it around. They did it twice, right? The diner and then the band. Because he says... They say the word... Uh, they, they say a colored man will be Mayor Ha, or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he... Then then the guy calls the band member a spook, which is yeah, super frowned upon to radar. say the I least. Right. So there, yeah, there's there's racism in it. I think it would be, I, I think it would be dishonest not to mention that the fifties were a pretty racist time. Yeah. yeah. The eighties were less so. This speaking of the mayor thing, this is one of those more simple feature or back time traveling plots where it doesn't appear that. In the timeline, Marty's always gone back in time and made these changes. You know, like some of their movies, it's like, oh, I forgot that one shaky cam movie where the kid has to travel, but they, they mess with time travel. And in the home video that he has, he sees himself. Right. So he's like, oh, this is the timeline that's always played. I've always traveled. Or in time. Harry Potter when Harry is yeah, casting his own Patronus for that's himself. A, that's, that's, a tricky, that's the tricky thing you get with time travel. And I right. think this sets it up. It's like, what, what do you, where do no, you go yeah. line? What do you want to have? But this one does it differently. Like, this is the first time he's ever traveled in time. And he's it's changed the future. And it's not like this is always happening. It's a different future than when he left. It's, yeah. a, it's a different present. Right? Mary Allen style. Time travel yeah. is always going to present a paradox in storytelling. Yeah. I think this movie does a good job of it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. All right, let's do this again. I was doing the Barry Allen. Oh, I, I got confused with the Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. Barry Allen is the Flash. Yeah. Let's go over this again from in the Spider-Verse and they keep telling the Spider story. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Barry Allen's the Flash. Yeah. Idiot. Nerd. <laughs> I thought you were saying oh, that's what the point power yeah. 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 So I was like, we're again. almost done. Oh, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> let's get right in here. I can do it. Um, all right, so we are nearly at the end, and that means it's time for our tiddly bits. Mm, nice bits you got going. Tidbits this week is sponsored by DeLorean Motor Company. Um, so what is your internet research about this movie that you found this week? How would they have kept that company going? DeLorean? Yeah. DeLorean was a real motor company. No, I know. They oh, the sales like, bumped after this movie. It went up, yeah, but then it crashed. They just keep making the same car. Over they only have one car. I know. The yeah. car in the movie is the only but car. Awesome. They are releasing a brand new model of that same car that can actually travel to the future. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with tidbits. And I'm going to lie, you have in the first half. Originally called, title of the movie, was it going to be called Spaceman from Pluto? False. The original title was Back to the Future. When I'm they brought in the rewrites, they were going to name it that. Oh, and then well, I'm glad Robert Demekis and the writer were left just like, no, Steven Spielberg. Tell your buddy that that's a no-go. And they shamed him into saying that was a bad idea. So that was going to be based on what they thought Marty was from a different planet, essentially? Yeah. Which is scene. a big part of the the whole past timeline. Everybody thinks he's an alien. Yeah, yeah. stupid title. Even his dad. doesn't stick out. Spaceman from Pluto. Back to the Future is like... It would be a very misleading title. He it said it was because at the time there was no film that used the word future in the title that was a success. It's a... It's an, and, but also it's a, it's a past... Future tense sentence. 
Back, back to the Future to is a paradox. You can't go yes, back to the future. Yeah. It's awesome. But that's also an interesting title. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know whom is a word, but I don't know when to use it. No, whom is a word? <laughs> who is actually, yeah. to whom is who actually never correct. Uh, that sounds right. To, to uh, trick people. Yeah. Oh, uh, the other tidbit I found is Ronald Reagan, former president. Yeah. Love the movie. The actor? Yeah, he's quoted in the movie. He even quoted it in his State of the Union address. He said, uh, in 1986, he said, where we're going, we don't need roads. Put that in the State of the Union. Love the film. He said as he refused to invest in the United States infrastructure. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, he was a beautiful president. Tear down these walls, I think. Mr. Gorbachev. One thing that I thought was on that same line was... uh, Couple things. They named Mr. The, the family, the farmer that he reaches back in the past was Mr. Peabody or Mr. Sherman and Peabody, the kid. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, Peabody and Sherman go and tra- travel time. So it's a cool, cool little nod. Um, and then I, I was reading this one. I don't know if it's true. They said that the guy who plays Biff, they based that character on Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, really? uh, that seems crazy to be I true. That's true. I'm going to take so much advantage of your mom. Nobody knows um, moms like me, okay? But but talking about the Peabody's, that that's always like the cool little time travel stuff that you see at the yeah. beginning of the movie. It's called Twin Pines Mall. Yeah, and then he travels back in time. He knocks down one of the trees, so yeah. when he goes back to the future. It's called Single Pine Mall. Oh, I didn't notice it's that. The logo is different. Yeah. You smug son of a bitch! <laughs> what can I say? I'm I guess we'll have to take them. that close to the pin and give it to Bryce now. No, thank you. I you're just you. jealous because you don't have one. This I year. I humbly accept this. Get your scar. California Raisins also wanted to really like make that product product placement and do what they said that E.T. did for Reese's Pieces. Yeah. And so they, they paid like a, a $5,000 for marketing. And the only thing that they said they were going to do was, there, and I don't know if you noticed it, the bench when Marty goes back to the future from 1955, um, there's that hobo sitting on the bench <laughs> that says California Raisins. Yeah, that, that did not work out for them. It did not work. I didn't notice that yeah. at all. It says California Raisins. And when they figured out that they were like, what the heck? You can't have a homeless person sleeping on our advertisement. <laughs> no one's going to be like, oh, let's go get some raisins. <laughs> they look so good. They, they actually kept... they gave the $5,000 back. <laughs> they, kept it. they kept it on there. So if you can watch it right now, it says California Raisins. That's funny. And ironically... <laughs> they're they're, they're like, you know what? You're right. You? We're going to give you the 5 k back. Yeah. That's all right. I don't think it's a lie. That's not bad. <laughs> cool. Oh, yes. Um, I have a couple tidbits. Uh, one of them we mentioned uh, just in passing earlier, but I'll re-mention now. Uh, one, Billy Zane is a minor, minor character. I didn't know Billy Zane. A man makes his own. He plays Match, who I don't even know if you really ever introduced to him by name. Nope. I think Biff says all three of their names at one point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's one of the Biff gang. What's um, he in? I Titanic. Know the name. Titanic. What is he's the he's the rich guy? He was on the Titanic. He's Rose's man lover. Makes, in Titanic. Dwight quotes: "Man makes his own luck." Billy Zane. Uh, he's, he's also in Zoolander. Not Zoolander. Yeah, Zoolander. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the he's himself. He's himself. Oh, listen to your friend Billy. Model? No, listen to your friend Billy Zane. He's a cool guy. Is a line from Zoolander. That's what Will Ferrell says to him over oh, and over again. Oh my Billy God. Zane's trying to tell Derek not to. Oh my gosh, he did. Um, so we, and then one thing we always talk about on this podcast are the that guys. Uh, and so I have a new that guy to enter into the runnings for the most that guy of all time. And that is Crispin Glover. Uh, so he is... Char- daddy. Yeah, he's Daddy McFly. Daddy. Don't call him Daddy McFly. Uh, <laughs> daddy McFly. Uh, but he's also... Here's here's my deepest cut that I remember him from. He's the caretaker from Like Mike. He what? works in Like Mike. 
He is maybe maybe deeper for some people. He's the Thin Man from Charlie's yes, Angels. Creepy Thin Man from Charlie's Angels. Oh, idiot. Yeah. And I only know that because uh, I searched it after. And he is the hotel bellhop in yeah. Hop Tub Time Machine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, with no arm? With one yeah, with one arm. They recast him in the second, in the next two films because of contract so, disputes. Yeah, by all accounts, Crispin Glover, weird guy, difficult to work with. And so he demanded a salary bump, and Robert Zemeckis was basically like, no, you're oh, you're a minor character in right. this movie. Well, <laughs> I think he's... Well, he, he was well, definitely going to be a minor character in the second movie. And so they write him out in the second movie, yeah. recast him. Oh, wow, but who yeah. is he in the second one? Who, you know? I don't remember. He's still the dad. dad is. No, 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 I'm saying who is the cast. Who they, cast? they, like, recast someone else and, and like, the, don't the ever show him facing the camera yeah. so that they can be like, yeah, it's the same dad. And their yeah. girlfriend's recast for Jan. Oh, I liked her. Who she they originally a, wanted. Hey, hey, yeah, hey. That, was, that was one of my tidbits is that Jan was originally going to play the girlfriend in this movie. Yeah. Gave it to the other actress because they told Laura Harden, who's Jan from The Office. Oh. That she was too tall for Michael J. Fox. Wait, 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 wait. Jan from The Office? Was Laura Harden she was, was originally cast as Marty's girlfriend. And her, Marty's girlfriend's name is Jan? No. Oh, that's where I got confused. You her name said is Jen. Jen, okay, yeah. And they made Doc Brown's character, Christopher Lloyd, hunch over on almost all the scenes because Marty McFly is only five foot five. Yeah, Shouts to five yeah. foot five people. <laughs> yeah. People probably like, that guy sounds tall. Um, now, my last tidbit, uh, and this is going to sound like a microscope, but I think ultimately it's a funny microscope. Uh, so Doc, as in the final scene, he's saying to Marty with great uh, emphaticness in his voice that you have to drive and hit this line in exactly seven minutes and 22 seconds. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, just for grins, I'm going to time this. Uh, and so uh, you see Marty get the car to the starting line. You have the dilemma of the uh, cord comes unplugged twice. Yes. Uh, and I'm watching my clock, and I'll tell you, if you want to live with some anticipation of the scene, <laughs> time it again, because it gets you really like, oh my gosh, is it, it's not going to happen. Uh, and so the actual time is 8 minutes and 16 seconds from That's the moment. close. And so while that is very close, yes, I agree. I'm not, my, it's not my nitpick. It made me laugh about other movies who try to do this same trope of like, yeah. we only have this amount of time, and then they, through editing, it's like a 30-minute scene. <laughs> or I think about in one of the Fast and the Furious movies, they're like, we have to drive our cars onto this plane before it takes off. And the scene lasts for like 20 minutes of them chasing after this cargo plane. And somebody one time did the math based on how fast they were traveling, <laughs> how long this runway had to be. And it was not exaggerating. The runway had to be like 150 miles long. You guys, how, probably, you and Bryce probably love that shit. I do love that scene. So, I've never seen one. So many important things happen. Is that, that Tokyo scene. Drift? That's Fast Five. I believe. That's actually a good one. Fast Five is a great one. Yeah. It's the, the plane, oh, it's so good. So those are all my tittle bitties. I do have one more bit that I just kind of want to throw in very is quickly. Is it tiddly? It is the tiddliest warm bit. And I think I was always expecting a recast, and I didn't do a great job if we ever did it on the Indiana Jones one. So oh, you mean a, like an old category? Like what would, yeah, an old category. Like yeah. would you we've, recast We've progressed. That? We've grown. Oh, I know that. And I just, I was thinking to myself, who I could do that with? Because they talk about this all the time. Can we remake Fast to the Future? Back to the Future. Fast to the Future. We do not make with Fast to the Future. I might watch Fast to the Future. Family in the future. That's what Fast Nine is going to be about. I was just thinking a great Marty. Yeah. And I was thinking Tom Holland. Yeah. And then also Joe Keery, I think his name is Steve from Stranger Things. I Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those are those two. I mean, Stranger Things does eighties so well. It's like the best eighties thing ever. I was too on the nose, and I was trying to think of a Doc Brown. I I could not think of an older Doc guy. Kelsey Grammer. No, I thought Bill Hader. I know he's not old. Oh, Bill Hader would kill it. Yeah, my wife was like. I was thinking RDJ, and I was like, are Robert Downey yeah. Jr. and Tom Holland would be a different Weird guy? Weird Science? 
We're at Scions, and <laughs> Bill Hader would definitely be on there. Cool. Emma Watson for the mom, because you know she became an old mama, 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 mama milf at the end of that Harry Potter series. Oh gosh, <laughs> nope. we're not gonna say that anymore. <laughs> um, if you guys had to travel back in time, where would you travel back to? Well, the time travel doesn't take you to a different place. You are in the exact same place back in time when you time travel. And Shut up, Bryce. Thank you, Dr. Seuss. What year would you travel back to? Oh, what time would you travel back I'd do the 50s. I would, the Just 50s, so, like, when we talked earlier about, like, how the Back to the Future Part 2, a big plot point is when you can travel back in time, you can gamble effectively. If you travel back to the 50s, for me, I'm not going to have that advantage in any way. <laughs> You have to shave your beard if you travel in fifty years. You're For in sure. jail. I feel like if I went to like nineteen eighty five, I could do the gambling scheme and, and make a lot of money. So I, I had this exact same talk. I watched the movie last night with my wife, and like right now, I, I'm obsessed with the eighties. I want to lose twenty pounds and just rock white wash jeans and cool t shirts nonstop. Please you can do that keep now. gaining and, weight. Well, you know, please I just, keep gaining weight. <laughs> and. Um, but, like, going back to the 80s, not much. I mean, nothing is too, too crazy for us, right? I mean, we have a ton of technology, but, like, we would get by in the 80s, and, like, not much would have to change for you. Uh, I think more would be different than you think. I mean, culture, there'd be some different things, speech, but, like, we went back there right now with, like, your hipster jeans and your Adidas, and you leave your you phone. You just mean, like, fashion-wise. Fashion like, well, that's all that matters. There's no cell phones. There's no internet. There's no internet. Internet. It's very, very basic there's version no... of the internet. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking if I'm having to go back to time and nothing gets screwed up and I can come back, I want to go, like, truly, like, back in time. In the 20s? 20s or, like, even Old West. Like, the West 20s, World like, as in, in 002020. I go back in time like to 1991. The year I find myself, I become my own father. I'm going to flip the fetus. <laughs> I'm going to flip the question on you, Mario, and I'm going to travel into the future, into the ripe year of 2025. I wonder what it's going to be like. It's probably I can't exactly, imagine. Exactly the same. I can't imagine. Tesla will have more trucks. I cannot and imagine. There'll be an iPhone 14. Have you guys seen Blade Runner 2049? Yes. You made me watch it. I know. It's great. I won't spoil anything, but no way is our world going to be like that in 2049. You, you don't never know. know. I, hope I do know that. You never know. Last tidbit. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it, and uh, I'm sure Dave will correct me on a number of topics, but... <laughs> The main, so the main role, again, is Marty McFly, originally intended for Michael J. Fox, played in the movie by Michael J. Fox. So it seems like that smooth sailing was not smooth sailing. So Michael J. Fox was involved with a TV show called Family Ties at the time. It was pretty big, like I mentioned. He was a relatively large star at the time. And so it seemed like they weren't going to be able to get him because of Family Ties. So here's some other folks they considered. Uh, C. Thomas Howell, John Cusack, and Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, baby. I don't like mm-hmm. that. And the writer no, actually said he forgot. I can Johnny see John Depp, Cusack. Uh, yeah. Tried out, and he just when he was reading back in like 2015 when they did a, like a special, he was like, "Oh shit, Johnny Depp did." And they're like, "Oh, it must have not been <laughs> who, good enough." Who was? Did they film half the movie? So then they filmed it with yeah. an actor named Eric Stoltz, who's a little bit less famous than those other people. Um, they oh. filmed some scenes, not not like half of the movie, but they do film some scenes with him before. Michael J. Fox gets freed up from Family Ties, and they have time to get him into the movie. The, actually, the showrunner for Family Ties was like, but if there's any sc- scheduling conflicts, he films Family Ties, not Back to the Future. Oh, so they're crazy. like playing super hardball with, so they Marty, only, with uh, Michael J. Fox. They only <laughs> reshot because they got Fox? They got the well, guy that wanted to Zemeckis said oh, that Robert Zemeckis and the writer said that they were... 
there was differences in how the the the, the, the actor was taking the character, and he was t- playing him a little bit too straight, and it wasn't they weren't doing that comedic element that he wanted. And the actor, I forget the guy's name. What is it? Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. He even referenced that he he didn't think he was the right fit for the film. It, and part of Michael J. Fox coming back after the network agreed to let him do this show was because he said he felt that Zemeckis and the crew handled it so amicably, amicably yeah. that he was very willing to come on but his shooting schedule was crazy like Bryce said he was shooting at night he would shoot or he would shoot the family matters in the day he would shoot um scenes for back to the future from like six till one in the morning get driven to go get sleep then driven to family matter like he was going everywhere and he said it was the most exhausted and unhealthy he had felt ever but it was the most fun he'd never take it is crazy to see the you do a pretty good marty (laughs) so can can we hear it there's images i did yeah. yeah, but Doc, come on. Uh, now I can't do it. I'm going to Yeah, spot. just do it now. Get, talk about I, your mom. I can't even... Oh, oh, God, get your hand off. I don't know. Nope, nope, nope. Can't do you it. You can't... To see the images with Eric Stoltz is crazy. And so the scenes they shot, they I want to watch them. They filmed two weeks with Stoltz. And come on, came, Doc, you got to do this with me right now. I just feel like I can do it out of nowhere. <laughs> he he came and he talked to Zemeckis and... He was like, I, I just don't think I'm right for the roles. And Marcus was like, yeah, we didn't want you anyway. Wait, wait, he actually said that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, according Did to an interview to recently. <clears throat> he said he was wrong for the role. Um, and so they That's stopped true. shooting. They got Fox. And the rest is history. Michael J. Fox is great in this movie. He's so He's perfect. He wait, made, you're saying there's somebody that was cast before Fox? Yes. Yes, they the guy. Uh, two weeks. No, I'm just doing Mario. 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 Oh, wait, I was kidding. Mario was not. Mario never listens. Not kidding. They should have got Matthew Broderick. No. Matthew J. Fox is better. I'm kidding. Okay. But. Sounds like you were. a decent movie? No, Michael J. Fox is the goat. Michael J. Fox is perfect for this role. If there's anybody else in the Marty McFly role, I don't think the movie is nearly as iconic. How about this? If you had to put someone else in that role from the 80s, who do you put? I actually think they mentioned John Cusack. I think that's maybe your next best choice. I don't know. I think that would be Ferris Bueller. What about another Matthew to recast him with? Matthew Broderick. I'm going to go Matthew LeBlanc. I'm going to go Matthew McConaughey. Matthew LeBlanc. Isn't that the guy from Friends? Yeah, it's Joey. Of course. Uh, No, no, he's he's just going to be eating sandwiches in the 50s. He's going to love life. (laughs) He stays. Uh, Plot twist. (laughs) Actually, this is pretty good for me. Matthew Perry. No. I said who I said. Be in more in the future. Nice. Nice. Thanks. So, does Back to the Future belong in the junk drawer. No fucking way. No fucking way. It's but to cr- me, your definition of junk drawer has to be different, right? None of my, us my definition have the of same definition. To me, the junk drawer is a movie that you could just throw on in the background, or there's a film you want to watch once a month or a couple times a year. And I think Back to the Future is that. you. Any generation can watch it, and it doesn't really get old. You can watch it a million times. That's not the junk drawer. It's not? No. I, I think to me, I, I unfortunately agree with Mario, and I hate to say that, um, but... <laughs> Fuck you, Dale! <laughs> it is such a classic movie, a very good movie, by pretty much all accounts. Like we said, pretty much universal acclaim. Everybody thinks it's at least a good movie. Um, so for me, it's also not in the junk drawer. Maybe, sure. maybe, maybe part three, but not the first one. Yeah. Yeah, my, it's my only thought is that perhaps it gets put there as it's connected to two and three, um, that like truly in, in efforts to sell all three movies, they put them together into one lump sum that you have to buy at a, at a higher price. Um, but you know what? I'll just say it. I think it is in the junk drawer. You're just defending the guest. Thank I you. think a movie ages quickly 
and it has been a long time, so it's going to age and go to the junk drawer. See, I feel it's a timeless classic. So I don't know that it's as timeless as other classics. I feel it's a timeless classic for an 80s movie. Like, Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice is in the junk drawer. Is that not a timeless classic? Never seen it. Don't want to see that. Well, the movie. novel is a timeless classic. I don't know if the movie yeah, I don't think the movie are. is. The movie's not But bad. we've seen very, quote, timeless classics in the junk drawer. The yeah, actual junk drawer. I found God with the Wind in the junk drawer. I found Your Attitude from this pod is in the junk drawer. Highest well. grossing movie of all time, adjusted for inflation. Avatar. I do want to... No. I do want to clarify, I meant Gone with the Wind when I said Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Junk drawer, Dave, is like a movie that we used to say it's either overlooked... Employee of the Month. Yeah, like an overlooked gem. My or... favorite junk drawer movies are movies that people like yes. more than anyone else. Like, right. if you're like, That's I fair. like this movie yeah. more than then anyone else. Then this would qualify it, for that. You're right. Then I think, and, and yeah, I think this is just everybody likes Back to the Future. So maybe I just defined a movie that, like a, a feel-good movie that I always love. Yeah, no, it's okay. Dave, I was don't back out. Talk about we it. both put it there. Thank you, Bryce. They did not. I mean, they Cole. <laughs> and you keep calling the wrong name. You can't even give you a break praise. So, Gadushker. <laughs> so speaking of... Eight for eight pound? Speaking of movies that you like more than anyone else, if you have a movie that you like more than anyone else and you want us to talk about it, please email us at askthejunkjore at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can find us on Twitter at junk underscore pod. Um, yeah, we're always looking for, for new guests. This is our first ever guest in the new studio. New digs. So yeah, Dave, thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks, thanks for thanks flying for on the Cali. Thank you guys for having me. And you can find me on all social media platforms. You can go to davidarico47 on the Instagram. All right. Wow. Self plug. Twitter and Instagram handles shouted out. When, when we start getting more famous guests, we'll actually have to let them plug like themselves. Like Ray Romano. He's yeah. here. Nope. Back to the future. Stop, Rob. Dave, oh. is there anything that we should be worried about with where we're going next? Where we're going, we won't need roads. Is it Alphys Prime? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.